Hello, everyone. This is Roberta Grimes with Seek Reality. And again, we've had some snow issues uh, in the area of our studio, which is in New York. So once again, we're going to be running um, a, a replay. And this one is a lovely one. Uh, my, my guest is going to be Dr. R. Craig Hogan. We're going to be talking about this wonderful conference that he and I are helping to assemble, the Afterlife Research and Education Symposium by the Afterlife Research and Education Institute, which we helped to found. It's going to be September 15 to 17, 2017 in Scottsdale. And for information about it, you can go to afterlifestudies.org or just call 800-690-4232. A lot of your favorite people are going to be there, including Gary Schwartz and Victor Zamet, and of course, Suzanne Giesman, Suzanne Wilson, and George Nouri of Coast to Coast AM. So this is going to be a really terrific time to get together, and I'm going to be there too. And if you're listening now and you do go to the symposium, please introduce yourself to me. I'd love to meet you. So without further ado, I'm going to be interviewing today um, the wonderful R. Craig Hogan. Welcome to Seek Reality with your host, Roberta Grimes. Author and attorney Roberta Grimes will explore and illustrate how she, after an extraordinary experience of light in childhood, has discovered channels of communication to the afterlife and how these implications have an effect on our everyday lives. Please welcome the host of Seek Reality, Roberta Grimes. Welcome to Seek Reality. I'm Roberta Grimes and we're coming to you live on the BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. For more than a century, diligent people have been spending their lives studying a lot of really good afterlife evidence. The pioneers in this field did such extraordinary work. But even though by the 1950s, afterlife researchers were able to demonstrate conclusively that human minds are eternal, those early pioneers lived and died in obscurity because mainstream scientists would not even look at any of the afterlife evidence. Science was then, and it remains now, governed by materialism. So even now, any scientist who dares look outside that materialist box can just kiss his career goodbye. As a result, during the past dark century, literally billions of people worldwide have lived and died in entirely unnecessary fear. But no longer. After all these decades of obfuscation, at last everything is about to change. Those that we used to think were dead tell us that within the next decade or so, there will be such good electronic communication between our level of reality and their level of reality that soon it's going to be no longer possible for anyone to claim that the dead don't survive. And one of the foremost leaders in breaking what is going to be the greatest news in all of human history will be my wonderful friend, Dr. R. Craig Hogan. Craig is a man on a mission. I have never known anyone so committed to anything as Craig Hogan is to proving that your life really is eternal. He's a frequent and very popular guest on Seek Reality, and he's here today to break a little news of our own. Welcome, Craig. I'm so glad you're here. Hi, Roberta. I'm glad to be here. And it isn't just a little news. It's big, big news. <laughs> there are all kinds of things happening. And it's this is exciting. exciting. 
Yes, this, this mm-hmm. is a wonderful time to be alive, uh, and it's it's wonderful for a lot of reasons. But to have there have been so many generations of people who lived and died in ignorance, and it wasn't their fault. No one told them the truth, and now to be able to find out that there really is truth to be known, and it's all good. Wow, what a great time to be yeah. alive! It's exciting, and we know more about the afterlife and, and the, what happens in the transition than humankind has ever known before. So we're the, the recipients of the, these wonderful gifts now that we couldn't have before. It's it's terrific. Now, in past mm-hmm. interviews, Craig has told us how he first learned by experimenting that he is psychic and how that started him on a quest to understand what's really going on. And that's how this all began for him, relatively, you know, midway through life. But mm-hmm. I'd like, Craig, I'd like you to tell me today, how did you first become so obsessed as you now are with proving human survival to the world? What, what made well, that happen? After I, yeah, after I learned, you know, after I realized that uh, the soul, our minds, our consciousness survives bodily death, then it's like an explosion went on in my mind. It, I had to tell people about it. You know, the um, the ancient mariner who had to go around with the albatross around his neck uh, uh, <laughs> right. and tell everybody in the in the universe about it. But we know so much, now there's no reason for people to feel this grief and, and to see people grieving and to hear the stories about how they, they, they say, use the word lost. They've lost a loved one. And, and you stand there and you know that's not true, that people haven't lost anybody. They're with them. They're standing next to them. They're talking to them all day long and, and they're trying to make communication with them. And to know that that's true just makes a tremendous burden on us, you know, a tremendous burden on our hearts to be able to spread the word about this to the whole world and not only to let people know that their loved ones are right next to them and are whispering in their ear, but to help them to receive the messages so that they can really communicate and have an ongoing relationship. The relationship is different. It's a different relationship than it was, but it's rather like their loved one had just flown to another country and was living there now and the communication was available and they could communicate when they wanted to, and, and but they're still very much alive and still there and still anxious to keep the communication up. It's just a different relationship. In in some ways, it's actually more intimate because there's no, uh, you know, the physical day-to-day making uh, a living, uh, making the meals, just, I mean, my husband and I live uh, because he's retired and I work from home. We're we're together all day long, but there are whole days we hardly say a word to one another because we're so Mm -hmm. busy. There's no busy for them there. They have they have mm-hmm. all their time to devote to us. So in, in some ways, it can be an even closer relationship. We've had Dr. Jamie Turndorf on as a guest, and we will again. But her relationship with Jean, her, her uh, now 10 years departed uh, husband, is more intense than it ever was on every mm-hmm. level, apparently. So uh, th- this is a situation, you're right, where it's tragic that people don't know what's possible for them mm-hmm. and don't understand that their loved one not only is healthier than ever and happy and young, but the love is what remains, and that love takes over mm-hmm. everything else in the relationship. So it's extraordinary the kind of relationship you can have with a dead loved one. So, mm-hmm. so that's what that's what made you do this. You you decided I can't I can't hold this in me. I have got to share it with the world because the world is suffering, and I need to alleviate that suffering. 
Yeah, and we do. And there's so much that people need to know now. And we've got the answers. We have all the proof. We have the methods of communicating. So we have some methods that are 98% successful, that anybody can communicate with a loved one on the other side. And we have numerous methods that are like that. All we have to do is get the, the individual on this side with the correct method, one that they can use, and they can connect with the other side. And as you said, uh, I have people who tell me once they start their connections and start a relationship with their loved one on the other side, that they have a relationship they could not have had with them when they were here. Yes. There's too much earth baggage. You know, that earth baggage will, will drag them down, and, and it creates conflict, and there are difficulties. And But once they've gone to the other side, and then they understand, they've grown up, because now they see that we are eternal beings having a physical experience, and now they can relax, and they don't have to worry about the, the earth worries, and, and now what's left is just love. Just the just love. love. That's all that's there. Mm-hmm. If, and if so that's exciting. And, and, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I just wanted to say, if anyone uh, had your ears perked when he said there are many ways to communicate, uh, if you just go back uh, a, a few episodes, you'll find uh, a, an interview that Craig and I did in which he talked about what some of those ways are that, that people can communicate. So you might want to go back and look up that episode and, uh, and hear more of what Craig has to say on that. Today we'll be talking about something else, but uh, he can, he's a fount of information about communication. He is the leading expert on all the ways that people can communicate with their loved ones. It's not just going to a medium. That's just the easy way. There are so many other things you can do with a little more effort that let you communicate without any medium involved. So, Craig, let's talk about mm-hmm. what it is that that um, actually we're, we're coming up on a break. I, I'd like to announce at the start of the, the second segment what it is that Craig and I are doing together. Uh, I, I, I just want to say briefly that I, I've known Craig. But we're, we've been very good friends for, I don't know, three or four years now and no longer. But I feel as mm-hmm. if I've sort of known you forever, Craig, because we work together mm-hmm. so closely. Um, what we're mm-hmm. finding is is that the people who are most sincere in working in this field are kind of finding one another now uh, and just basically putting all of our efforts together. And, you know, two of us together aren't just twice as effective, but I think we're probably 10 times as effective. Now, Craig and I have been working together for a while to try to get the word out in as many ways as possible, including assisting other organizations in putting on you know, conferences and getting people together to learn from experts. And we've developed some frustrations about that. So what we decided to do, uh, in fact, we didn't decide it. We were sort of called by spirit quite quite uh, emphatically to do it on our own. Could tell that story, Craig. Yeah, we, uh, of course, have been working with organizations to put together conferences, had very successful conferences uh, with uh, 200 to 400 people. And uh, what happened was that we decided that we were not going to be able to get the word out as well as we wanted to unless we did our own. We just have to, to simply do our own conferences. And, and what we're doing is we're going to invite experts to a symposium. And a symposium is a difference from a conference because it's a gathering of experts. That's what a symposium is. And you gather experts together, and they have a chance to talk to each other about what they're doing and, and fertilize each other there at, at the symposium 
Uh, and then they, we can also invite the public to come in and they can en- enjoy listening to these experts and asking them questions and finding out new things about afterlife and afterlife communication. And so we decided we've just got to do this. And so uh, then the five of us, that was Roberta, me, Suzanne Wilson, and Victor and Wendy Zamet, formed the Afterlife Research and Education Institute so that we could do these conferences and all the other activities that we know that we need to do to bring the people together who are doing the research out there. Right now they're working out of their dining rooms and their basements and, and they're, they're doing wonderful work, but they don't have an opportunity to get together and to find out what each other is doing. And, and they can't disseminate their work. Uh, their work then lies out there unused. And we d- developed this organization so that we can really help the people who are doing the work out there and get the word out to the, to the world of, about the fact of the survival of consciousness and that things can be much better in the relationship now than they ever were. And, uh, and that's the origin of the organization. Yeah, I, I think it's very important to emphasize the fact that there are people right now who are doing work which if they were being if their work was was being popularized and publicized as it should be i mean it's very very high quality stuff everyone listening would be getting it from every news organization you you'd be amazed how much great work is being go is done but the problem is that uh nobody knows about it and you're right it's going to be another generation that dies in obscurity mm-hmm. without anyone knowing what they've done so we we feel very much called the five of us to uh just uh, take time from cuz we all are working separately it's time not to work separately anymore everyone let's That's get together <laughs> let let's pull together because we have, I think, the strength of much more than five with our various pursuits. If we just pull together and, and get the word out and, as you say, support the people who are doing this work, many of them, mm-hmm. if they had a little more money, they could do it a lot more easily. So one of the things we're going to be looking to do is to raise money to support those who doing electronic communication or for some other reason need a little bit in the way of money in order to get their work done. And and we're also going to do online education because that's how most of us, frankly, are learning now as adults. We we just look something up and we go online. So it hasn't quite taken shape yet, but within a year we will have an online university of sorts where people who have questions will be able to go and get those questions answered. People who say, just say, yeah, I wish I could take a course in this stuff. The course will be there. And in that way, we're reaching beyond the two to 400 people that might come to a symposium, but we're reaching to the world because every country in, on earth has the same problem. Its scientists are admired, admired in materialism. They're stuck there. Even if they want to investigate this stuff, they can't. So we've got to go around them, we who are trying to teach and people who are trying to learn. And that's what AREI is all about. And then we also want to educate people helping the the dying, right, Craig? Yeah, so what we want to do also is focus on the transition, because the transition from this life into the next stage of life is just like going from adolescence into a young adulthood. So this is just another stage of life when we go from uh, the earth plane onto the next plane of life. And so we want people to understand that there's nothing to be feared about the transition that we go through. Um, once the transition is over, then we can uh, are in fact going on vacation because 
because of the fact that we will be healthy and whole and it will be we will be in our in our prime as far as our bodies are concerned and so we can it's something that we can look forward to and we want people to be able to to go through the transition at home with their loved ones i mean that's where it should happen it shouldn't happen in yes. hospitals you know with hooked up to huge machines and and people who are comatose and you're keeping them alive for for three or four weeks uh keeping the body alive because the consciousness is already gone you know they're already out of there and so we should just let the body go and then people should be able to, to stay at home have a peaceful passing at home and not have all the pain and all the, the things that go along with being dying in a hospital and having physicians in charge of it so that is part of it part of it is is, is a large part of it is the afterlife and, and what it's like and, and what how you can communicate with those who are in the afterlife and the other part of it is how you can make a, a smooth transition we're working with uh, William Peters in uh, the shared crossings and we're going to be doing some exciting work with them uh, they're from California and what they do is they actually train people uh, to share the crossing with those who are making the transition uh, and so it's an exciting time it can be an, a, a time of discovering and uh, of establishing really firm relationships and those relationships continue after the crossing and so we are focused upon that as well as the communication with the other side I just read uh, an article in one of the newspapers. Uh, the headline was, um, most people, uh, before they die, hallucinate a vision of their mothers. Well, the, the, whole, the word, right. I mean, this is a basic thing that happens. It seems to happen in mm -hmm. every death, unless someone is completely out, uh, completely uh, drugged or something. People come to the deathbed, people who we used to think are dead, and they come to help the person who is dying to transition. It's normal! But, but they quoted in this article a series of, of experts, quote, who all said, we don't know why they hallucinate this, but they talk to them and it makes them very happy. I mean, when we have this level of ignorance among the people who are trying to help the dying, it's time for experts to come in and help them to do their work. And that's part of what we're going to do. We're going to be putting on our first symposium in September of 2017. We're very excited about it. And I'm going to ask Craig to tell you a little bit about the symposium and see if it might be something you'd like to join. Yeah, it's, it's going to be very exciting. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes, so talk about it. So uh, what we'll be doing then, this is going to be September 14th through the 17th in uh, 2017. It's going to be at the Embassy Suites in Scottsdale, Arizona. And we're going to be bringing together the leading lights, the experts, the people who are doing the pioneering work in afterlife communication in the transition period, helping with the transition, and in spirituality, the new spirituality. And we're going to bring them together so they can talk to each other because they're going to have a lot to say to each other they have not been able to say, uh, and particularly in a mixed group like this in which we bring all of the people from the various areas together. And also we're going to be having presentations for the, for the public, for people to come in and, and hear these experts and learn about the cutting-edge things that are going on, even learn how to communicate with people on the other side. And so it's going to be a, a very exciting symposium. We are going to have workshops and presentations and panel discussions and, and panel groups. And this will give us an opportunity to really make sure that we understand what's going on and where we're going to go next with all of this work. I want to, to uh, give everybody the websites. 
the website for the Afterlife Research and Education Institute is afterlifeinstitute.org. And for the symposium is afterlifestudies.org. And for our research in instrumental transcommunication is afterliferesearch.org. And so uh, if you get to one of them, you can get to all of the rest of them because they all link together. But what we're going to be doing at the symposium is we're going to be having demonstrations of their methods that are, are being used by people in afterlife communication. And we're going to be inviting the national media and potential funding sources so that we can try to get some money to these people because they need the money to be able to continue with their work. And uh, we'll be giving presentations, and, and uh, we will be having people we're having uh, already, we have lined up. Uh, George Nori is going to be there from Coast to Coast AM, and uh, he'll be talking about the media in afterlife communication. Uh, Victor Zamet is going to be there. He's one of our board members and, and one of our founders. He will be talking about punishment and judgment and what happens when people make the transition. Uh, Roberta is going to speak about what the uh, dead say about how we should live our lives and what the effect does this have upon our lives while we're still on the earth plane. Uh, William Peters is going to be there from the Shared Crossings to talk about the transition and how to make a smooth transition. Uh, Suzanne Giesman is going to be there. She will talk about mental mediumship and how to channel. She will actually do some channeling. So she's actually going to, at the symposium, do channeling. Uh, Jamie Turndorf, uh, whom you, everybody knows from uh, these broadcasts, will be there. She'll be teaching about how, um, how to have a dialogue, a special method that she has developed so that people can have a dialogue with their loved ones on the other side that she learned in the process of herself being able to communicate with, with John on the, the other side. Uh, Suzanne Wilson is going to be there. She will talk about evidential mediumship. She's probably the most talented medium I know. Me and too. Uh, Yeah, Sherry Pearl is going to be there. Now, we, we have Sherry Pearl. Sherry Pearl now is doing instrumental transcommunication. That means she's recording the voices of people who are now living on the other side of life. And she records the voices, the voices of the children who are there for their parents. So their parents can call in, ask questions over the phone that are recorded, and then after their questions, when they play back the recording, they hear the answers to their questions that the children put on the recording. And we actually have some of those on the website so that uh, they're at afterlifestudies.org which is the afterlife, uh, the, the uh, website for the symposium. Uh, Sonia Rinaldi is coming up from Brazil. Sonia is a very talented researcher. She's doing pioneering, cutting-edge work in instrumental transcommunication. She records voices of people in the afterlife, and uh, she plays them back for family members. And she also now is recording the minds, the, vo the voices of people who are in uh, comatose states or have Alzheimer's because their minds are perfectly healthy and whole. They just can't communicate. And uh, so she's begun to use that same method that she used in afterlife communication to be able to communicate with people who are comatose, who can't, who are nonverbal. 
Uh, I will be talking about my own uh, self-guided afterlife communications that I developed for AREI, and it's a method that is free. It's online. Anybody can go through it. Thousands of people have gone through it. 86% of them are making connections. And what they do is they just sit quietly, go into a state in which they can have the connection, and they begin a dialogue with their loved one on the other side. They have experiences like walking on the beach with them uh, while they're in this state, they talk with them, they even hug them and kiss them. And so I'll be talking about that method and how anybody can do it. And I will be teaching how to do it at the symposium. Uh, Mark Pittstick is going to be there. He, he uh, is going to talk about how groups can have afterlife communications, how uh, anybody who is a leader, a group leader, for instance, a clergy member or someone who works with groups of people such as uh, hospice workers or it could be somebody who has a support group for a group support group, how they can help their groups have afterlife communications. And Rochelle Wright is going to be there. She's a psychotherapist from Washington State. Rochelle has a method that she has taught psychotherapists to use. Over 100 psychotherapists are using it now. And their clients have their own communications while they sit in their office with her. And they have 98% success rate. It's virtually everybody has a wonderful communication. And we'll have Ann Clark. She's coming in from the Newton Institute, Michael Newton Institute. That's the life between lives people. This is the people who look at what happens between this life and the next life and what people are doing there and, and the plans that they're making. So she's going to be there to talk about the life between lives and the kinds of research that's going on. And that's just the beginning. That's only about a third <laughs> of the people that we're going to have there at this symposium. Wow. Well, I'm, I'm so excited mm-hmm. about this. But a, a big reason to go, too, is it's not expensive to stay there. This Scottsdale Embassy Suites is a beautiful hotel. I think it's like an a, A-list hotel. It's all suites. They're, they're beautifully put together. I mean, it's amazingly nice as a hotel and lovely facilities for those who are attending conferences. And breakfast is free. Full, beautiful breakfast. They cook it to order. It's free. And if you sign up early enough, you can get the $99 a night special that we've negotiated with them. There are limited rooms at $99 a night. So if this interests you at all, you might think about signing up sooner rather than later. And as I say, if you start now, uh, you, you can save the easily save the amount of money it would take to get there. It's also good to get there by Southwest. One of the reasons I like the Phoenix area is they have great Southwest service. And Southwest is, I think, the, the most economical and efficient airline. I, I use it all the time. But let's let's now talk a little bit about the fact that Craig is also doing other kinds of afterlife communication research. He's doing a lot with electronic communication. He's working with the North American Station, as is Sherry Pearl and other people. But what fascinates me, too, is that he's working on developing very, very exotic kinds of mediumship uh, and in a, in a circle. And this can take a long time. I'd like Craig to tell you about what it is he's doing and then what the new developments are. Yeah, the uh, form of mediumship is called physical mediumship, and it's different from mental mediumship, which is the kind of thing that we see when we see a medium on television, and uh, they give readings for people. In physical mediumship, what happens is you have a group of people who sit in a room, and they sit around a table, and they communicate with people who are living on the other side, but it's with a team there. So these are like professionals. These are like the scientists who are on the other side. 
and they communicate with this group of people who are sitting around the table, and they then will do things in the in the room to make things happen in that room. And they can be things like there will be tables and chairs that will move around, and and if there's a, a trumpet, which is a standard for those, these kinds of activities, the trumpet will fly around the room. Uh, there will be people who will come out uh, from the other side, and they will come out and they, they will become uh, as though they had their own body. Uh, they will materialize and be able to walk around the room and talk to the people that are there. So that what happens is that a, a loved one then can come into that room and a person who is sitting there can actually speak with them. They'll be standing in front of them. Uh, they will speak to them. They can touch them. Uh, they can have an extended conversation with them while they're in the room. And this is called physical mediumship because things physically happen in the room. So what we're doing is we know that there are more opportunities for physical mediumship, like every city should have people who are doing physical mediumship. And so we know that the, the people are out there who can make it happen, and we, we want to disseminate that. We want other people to be able to do it. So we've experimented with setting up one ourselves. And what we did was start it. it took, we started it seven years ago, so it does take a while to develop. But after seven years, we are sitting in the room now, and, and we are actively communicating with the team that's, that's working with us on the other side. And But we're actually just at the beginning of it. We're in the infancy of our circle, even after seven years, and we will have more and more things happen. So uh, let me give you a flavor for some of the things that, that do happen in a physical mediumship group like this. Uh, they happen in the dark. There is usually an individual who is a physical medium. That means that this person has special talents like a mental medium does, except that they uh, can have these things happen physically in the room. So you usually have a physical medium, and then that person, then they use the, the people on the other side, the spirit team on the other side, who are these scientists and professionals, will then use the energy of the physical medium and the energy of the people who are sitting around the table and the energy of the spirit realm. And they'll pull it all together, and then they will make things happen in the room. And so what's happened is just this year, after, after being, that was in our, our seventh year, the beginning of the seventh year, and just this year we are having things happen in the room. For instance, uh, we're having the, the table that they sit around will rock back and forth. Uh, and there, everybody around the table is holding hands. It's completely in the dark. But the table rocks back and forth, and you know that it isn't anybody there because they're holding hands, and they, so they couldn't be doing it. And so now we've gotten to the point where the team on the other side is rocking the table back and forth in response to our, our questions. And this is like the first stage of communication. <laughs> wow. So we ask them questions, we ask them <laughs> questions, and we get responses. We've asked them who's on the team on the other side, and we get a response of saying, yes, that person is on the team. No, that person is not on the team on the other side. And we know we have a good idea of some of the people who are on the team on the other side. Uh, and it's an exciting group of people. But what is happening is we're communicating with these people who live on a different plane of existence. They're in a different realm. They come into the physical realm in order just to have this communication with us. 
And as we do that, then we're developing our energy, they're developing their energy, and we're going to get better and better at this communication as things go along. And eventually we will have materializations. So we will have loved ones come through. And when we're to that point, then we'll be able to have sitters come in. In other words, people just come in who are interested. And they will be able to come in and they will actually experience the materialization of their loved one who will come and stand in front of them and have a conversation about intimate things that, that, that nobody could have known. And so we know that it's them, and they will even have the opportunity at times to to touch or to uh, uh, even be kissed by them. So uh, this is the experience that we're that we are moving towards, and uh, we're right now in the, in the infancy. We are in the developmental stage in which these things are happening, and we believe that this can happen any place, so that anybody wow. can have a circle, any city, any place that can have a circle. People can get together if they're willing to sit for a long time. So we sat for six years and with, with some wraps and some movements and some lights in the room and some little things, but not nothing of great extent. But if you sit impatiently uh, and we have a good time, we have a wonderful time, it's very enjoyable, we sit and sing. What we do is we play music and sing. Uh, these people, for the past seven years, one night a week, in violet, they must get together and do this. And that's what they've been doing. That's how much commitment they have. And uh, But uh, Craig, you say it's so much fun that everyone looks forward to it. It is fun. It, it is a gathering of people who love each other. We have the highest regard and harmony with each other. And so we just sit in, in every week then for about an hour and sing songs. So what we do is uh, we sing the songs that we like most. So it's like eighties and seventies, oldies, you know, and uh, wow. those are the songs we love to sing. Wow, well, and, it's and the very interesting thing. Yeah, the very interesting thing is what happened was uh, we would have it playing these oldies songs, and uh, at one point in one of these evenings, one of the, when we were playing them, and they're coming up at random. Uh, then uh, Summertime Blues came on, which is, uh, you know, it's a kind of a hard rock. Yes. And Summertime Blues came on, and the table started rocking. And, uh, <laughs> I like that one. <laughs> so they liked Summertime Blues. And uh, so we got the idea that they liked the, 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 metal, the metal. They liked the guitars, the, steel, or the, the uh, electronic guitars. And so we just stacked it full of electronic guitars, and then the table was moving on every one of them. <laughs> and uh, so that was the beginning of it after they chose. In fact, all the way through this, from then on, they've been choosing every step that we make. They've been telling us what to do. Uh, what's happened is uh, we had the music on. We were playing the, these uh, lots of ZZ Top and, uh, and, and Stevie Ray. And they, so they were choosing the songs that they wanted us to play. And so we would play them and the, and the table would rock. And after a while, then we started to ask some questions. And then the table would rock yes, or it would not rock at all, and that would be a no. And we uh, started asking them questions. And then uh, then very recently, then, uh, in the middle of the songs being played, and we're just singing at the top of our lungs, and the, the music is blaring, <laughs> then the music toned down to about 10% of what was they did it they turned it down so they actually turned the equipment down and uh, they what they wanted to do was uh, we realized afterwards they wanted to let us know we don't have to have it so loud 
So then on a subsequent meeting, it was actually the next meeting after that then, uh, we had the music on and we had it moderately loud again. And this time they turned it down so we could barely hear it. And, uh, and, and well, they, when they turned it down, the table still rocked. Everything still happened. And they let us know that they are going to be communicating with us mentally to give us instructions about what to do in this circle. And so then we had one of our circle members, she felt a tug on her elbow. And she kept feeling the tug on her elbow, and she couldn't figure out what it was. It's like they wanted her to go someplace, and she got the very clear mental uh, message that what she wanted them, what they wanted her to do, was go with them mentally along down a long hallway. And so she did mentally. She saw this in her mind, and she went down the long hallway. And at the end of it, there was a chair, and there were books in the room, and they had her go up and open up one of the books, and inside of the book, then she got the clear message, not in words that she read, but the message that we will be giving you messages mentally, and then you are to follow through with whatever it is that we tell you to do. And so since then, we've been getting these messages, and, and the messages that we've been getting, and this has just happened uh, in the last couple of Sundays that we met, the message that they have been giving us is don't worry about the, the music, don't worry about what's going on in the room, don't worry about anything, just have fun. Just, just have play fun. the music and have fun, <laughs> and because what they're doing is, while we're having fun, they're working on the other side. So their scientists, their professionals, their people who are working on the other side are actually transforming us. And this is a message that we got through Suzanne Wilson, who's the talented mental medium. And she told us that what she saw was she saw in this room that everything was in, on fire, but it was a spirit fire, a spiritual fire. And everything was reduced to ashes. And then up out of the ashes came this, this wonderful circle of people that we had become. And that they, on the other side, are actually making changes in, uh, in our makeup at the molecular level and that we will then be able to communicate better once all of this is done and they're telling us you t you guys just have fun don't worry about it we're taking care of it on the other side and so they've been doing things to us physically like they, wow. uh, they uh, raise and, and and lower our arms uh, like as though we were marionettes uh, they rock us back and forth in our chairs. Uh, they will, will uh, tap, they will take our hands and have our hands tap on the table uh, and other things that they're doing with us and, and making us do things with our bodies that we have no control over. And what they're doing is they're experimenting, they're changing us, they're using all of this. You know, it isn't, it isn't uh, just playtime. They're uh, actually doing things on the other side to make us different so that we can then communicate more effectively with them. But the reason all this is happening is just because we had the patience to sit. We had wow. the patience to say, we trust you, we trust the, the divine, we, we, we trust you on the other side, and we will sit and we will wait, and if it takes six years, then we'll wait for six years and have a good time, but at the same time, we'll patiently wait, and this has come to fruition as a result of that patience. Wow, what so an exciting story. It's just the beginning. Mm -hmm. We're going to be eager to have you back, Craig, as this goes on and hear more and more about what's happening with your circle. Because I remember when mm -hmm. it wasn't doing much. This is exciting. But I want to make mm -hmm. sure before we run out of time that you tell people again how to contact AREI and also uh, how to find out more about the symposium. 
Mm-hmm. And the uh, to get to the AREI, it's at afterlifeinstitute.org. To get to the symposium, it's Afterlife Studies with an S on the end of it, .org. And to get to the research in instrumental transcommunication, it's afterliferesearch.org. And get on any of the websites, and it will lead you to the other websites. And uh, we really want to encourage everybody to get on. This is an organization that uh, we are trying to get everybody involved. We want anybody who's interested to become involved, anybody who has an idea that they'd like to pursue to become involved. Uh, The pioneers are coming out of people who just have an interest. And so everybody can become involved, either because they want to learn more about it or they want to contact somebody on the other side or they want to become a researcher. So everybody needs to become involved in the organization. And it doesn't matter if you know very little about all of this. If you have mm-hmm. any interest at all, do join AREI because there's going to be a monthly newsletter and you'll be able to find out the very latest about what's going on in this field. Uh, if you mm-hmm. sign up and become a member, uh, you'll be in the inner circle and you'll know before anybody else does what's going on in this most exciting area of life. It's been thrilling to have you with us, Craig. And we're going to have Craig back in a few weeks uh, to talk um, more about all of this. You are a powerful, eternal being. You never begin. You never will end. And when you really understand everything that means, it's going to change your entire life forevermore for the better. We have some wonderful guests lined up to take us into next year, but next week our guest will again be your host. I'm hearing from a number of people now who seem to consider what I'm telling them to be almost magical. How is it possible? Well, it's not magic. It's science. And eventually it's going to be done much better by real scientists. But for now, you're stuck with just curious researchers, lawyers like the wonderful Victor Zamet and me, who know how to do good legal research and how to assemble a case. And so we do that. We make our case to you. Next week, I'm going to take you through recognizing and gathering the afterlife evidence and the process of reasoning through building what is the most important case of our lives. Until you do this for yourself, you may not really believe it. Once you do it for yourself, your life will never be the same. You will be free from every worry and every fear. And I'm going to make it fun next week, so I really hope you'll join us. This week, our guest has been my wonderful friend, Dr. R. Craig Hogan. Craig is one of the most venerable leaders in the field of afterlife research, and he's my personal hero. His great quest is to find some way, any way, to prove human survival to all the world. And it's clear now that he is one of the few living people who have sufficient dedication, knowledge, experience, and spirituality that the dead experts trust him to carry on their work on Earth. The new organization that Craig heads, the Afterlife Research and Education Institute, Inc., is devoted to the cause of enlightening the world. I am thrilled to be a member of its board. Our first symposium will be held on September 14 to 17 of 2017 at the wonderful, beautiful Embassy Suites Hotel in Scottsdale, Arizona. Just go to afterlifestudies.org, saying it again, afterlifestudies.org, for more information about the symposium. And if this field interests you, you're going to want to keep up with all the news. Get those monthly newsletters. We welcome you to join AREI at afterlifeinstitute.org. Meanwhile, 
I should just mention again that my nonfiction books are Liberating Jesus, My Thomas, The Fun of Dying, The Fun of Staying in Touch, and The Fun of Growing Forever. All are available on Amazon.com and through bookstores, and now they're coming out in audiobooks. You should find them all in audiobooks on Amazon.com and on Audible.com by early next year. It's taking a little bit longer to get them all done because I'm reading all of them for you myself. And while I read, I'm imagining you listening. I'm already starting to hear from people who are listening to The Fun of Dying, which is the first one out. And uh, that really spurs me to spend every day I spend time in my little uh, booth to record. I should add that I also have written fiction, and I'm beginning now a seven-novel saga to share some of these truths with people who would prefer to think about them in stories rather than kind of getting them dryly, just having me talk about them. When you, when you see people living the truth, it becomes easier to understand the truth. So I look forward to sharing that with you. Meanwhile, this has been Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Please enjoy and make the most of this coming week in our one reality, knowing that you are a powerful, independent, eternal being, and you are infinitely loved. This has been Seek Reality with your host, Roberta Grimes. Tune in each week and discover the nature of reality and God, past, present, and future in a way that can only be told by Roberta Grimes on the next episode of Seek Reality.